The Koi Gig Pod. Who is this serving? And what is the end goal would be kind of nice to know. I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year, so I am quite happy to see this. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. News Talk Court correspondent Frank Graney is with us to talk to us about Jonathan Dowdle's evidence in the Regency trial. Uh, you're very welcome back, Frank. How are you? I'm good, lads. How's things? Uh, big, big day yesterday. We've been waiting for months. There'd been legal argument last week. Um, we're still not quite sure about the status of Jonathan Dowdle in the Witness Protection Act. Um, um, now I think the whole country understands why he needs to be in witness protection because his evidence yesterday was absolutely sensational. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, since this trial opened and even before then, Jonathan Dowdall has kind of loomed large over proceedings. So there was a lot of anticipation ahead of him giving evidence yesterday, obviously an awful lot of talk in the previous few months about what he's likely to say, because we did get an indication. I spoke about this on the show previously, Jer, where the prosecuting barrister got up on the opening day of the trial and he said that Jonathan Dowdall will give evidence, essentially implicating Jerry Hutch and what happened at the Regency Hotel back in 2016. But it was extraordinary seeing him being brought into the courthouse yesterday under heavy guard, as you can imagine. The trial was moved to another courtroom on the sixth floor of the building where I'm speaking to you from here today, the Criminal Courts of Justice, to facilitate him being brought in and out um, again under immense security measures. There were five prison officers and two armed guards in the jury box as he gave evidence yesterday. This has been held before a non-jury court, the Special Criminal Court, but he was allowed to sit in the jury box to give his evidence. And I suppose what that did was avoid him having to move around the courtroom unnecessarily. He was seated directly across from the dock where Jerry Hutch sat accused of the murder of David Byrne. If he had to get into the witness box, he would have had to pass that dock and Jerry Hutch would have been just over his right shoulder as he gave his evidence. He spent a couple of hours giving his direct evidence yesterday. He's not finished yet. He's due to resume at 11 o'clock this morning. And you would assume the direct evidence will conclude today, and then Jerry Hutch's barrister will be given an opportunity to cross-examine him, and that's a process that's likely to go on for a number of days. Okay, just before we get into the the evidence itself, uh, is that unusual where they don't ask um, somebody who's testifying to be in the eye line of the person they're testifying against. Is, is this, are they taking a fairly unusual measures here to, um, I don't know, to prevent any intimidation? Is that, is that what's going on? We don't know exactly why. Um, there was an application made before Jonathan Dowdall came into court. The judges were asked for permission um, for him to give his evidence from the jury box. And it's, it's funny that you should say that, um, you know, when it comes to eye lines, he's actually in the direct eye line of Jerry Hutch and the dock, and that wouldn't be the case if he was actually giving his evidence from the witness box. But it, ha- it has created an awful lot of space between him and the main body of the court. And you would assume that it is because of the fact that he you know, was taken into protective custody. He's being assessed for the witness protection program. He is considered a vulnerable witness. He's a super grass um, uh, witness. He's given evidence on behalf of the prosecution, having, and let's not forget, that he was once upon a time supposed to be sitting in the dock alongside Jerry Hutch, accused of murder. That murder charge was dropped. We all know that now he pleaded guilty to a lesser charge and he's actually serving a prison sentence for that. He admitted facilitating what happened at the Regency Hotel by making a room at the hotel available to the criminal organisation behind it. And he did speak about that in his direct evidence yesterday. He 
um, claimed that he and his father, Patrick Dowdall, picked up the key card from the Regency Hotel the day before the shooting, back in February 2016. This was at the behest or request of Jerry Hutch's brother, Patsy Hutch. Again, this was the evidence of Jonathan Dowdall yesterday. And he claimed that Jerry Hutch was the one who then picked up the key cards on Richmond Road. Uh, They drove over there and met him. And the prosecution say that that room was subsequently used by one of the gunmen. So that was one of the, I suppose, very serious allegations that Jonathan Dowdall made against Jerry Hutch when he um, got into the witness box or the jury box uh, yesterday morning. And then after that, the rest of um, the, the sequence of events begins to unfold under questioning. What happened? Well, he, he spoke about that alleged incident whereby the key cards for that room at the Regency Hotel were handed over to Jerry Hutch on Richmond Road. And then he spoke about a meeting that he had with uh, Jerry Hutch, supposedly a few days after the shooting. He claimed, and again, these were just allegations that um, that he uh, put to the court yesterday, where he said that Jerry Hutch got in touch with him. He wanted to meet him. They met in a park at Whitehall in Dublin. This was at about 11 or half past 11 in the morning, again, just a few days after the shooting. And he said that Jerry Hutch was quite concerned about a photograph that appeared in the front page of the Sunday World. That photograph was shown to the um, court yesterday. We've seen it already. This is a photograph of two of the gunmen fleeing the Regency Hotel after the shooting. One of them is a man dressed as a woman. The other has been uh, labelled as flat cap. We now know that that was a distant Republican called Kevin Murray. He has since passed away. Jonathan Dowdall in his evidence yesterday, yesterday said Jerry Hutch was very concerned about this photograph. He described him as being in a panic. Um, he said he'd never seen him like that before. He said that he was paranoid. This again was at about 11, half past 11 in the morning. He said that he was concerned about a walker in the park that he suspected might have been a Garda. And the purpose of this meeting was he wanted Jonathan Dowdall supposedly to reach out to his Republican contacts in Northern Ireland in the hope of perhaps mediating a ceasefire with the Canaan Crime Organisation Group. We know that the man who was shot dead at the Regency Hotel was a known Canaan associate, uh, David Byrne. But further than that, or more than that, Jonathan Dowdall said yesterday that Jerry Hutch essentially confessed to being one of two men who shot David Byrne on that day. Again, that's an allegation that is strongly denied by Jerry Hutch. He has pleaded not guilty to that murder charge. He then described um, a number of other interactions with Jerry Hutch in the weeks that followed that led to them travelling together to Northern Ireland on the 7th of March, about one month after the shooting, to meet these Republican contacts. We know about that journey because, as I've spoken on the show with you guys uh, previously, 10 hours of that journey were recorded, secretly recorded. Jonathan Dowdall's uh, Jeep had been bugged. And just before Jonathan Dowdall was asked specifically about that conversation and the prosecuting barrister wanted to play some clips, I suppose, to ask him to put context, to put some meat on the bones of what they were saying. And there was a legal legal issue that arose. The court then adjourned early just after lunchtime. And he's likely to be asked about, I suppose, that element of the evidence when the trial resumes at 11 o'clock this morning. All right, just to put some context on this, uh, if anybody's ever travelled down the M1 into Dublin or come off the M50 into Dublin, the big red church in Whitehall, it's that, it's the little park beside that, that this meeting happens in the days after the murder happens, where they're sitting having this conversation and uh, Jared Hutch is paranoid about a walker in the park at half 11 in the morning. And that's when the conversation takes place where it's alleged that uh, Jonathan Dowdle is told that Jared Hutch is one of the people uh, responsible for the murder. 
Yeah, and the claim that he made yesterday went further than what the prosecuting barrister Sean Galland said in his opening address, because he said at the, back in October, uh, late October, he said that Jonathan Dowda will get, give evidence to say that Jerry Hutch was part of the team that shot David Byrne. Now, didn't go into any more detail than that, but yesterday, Jonathan Dowda, he, he was asked specifically, did Jerry Hutch tell you who shot David Byrne? And he said yes, that he admitted to it. And he also identified another man who he claimed was one of the shooters at the Regency Hotel that day. So it was incredible evidence um, presented by Jonathan Dowdall yesterday. But you have to remember, that was his direct evidence. I have no doubt that he'll be cross-examined at length on it when the baton is passed over to the, to the other side of the courtroom. Um, Frank, you mentioned the eyeline. What was the body language of Dowdall and Hutch yesterday in the court? It's a good question. And I think every journalist, and there were about 20 there, was looking to see if we could get any reaction from either man. Looking closely at Jonathan Dowdall as he entered the courtroom, again, under heavy guard, you could tell that he seemed quite nervous. This was obviously a very stressful event for him. Um, Jerry Hutch remained impassive in the dock. He looked straight ahead at the uh, jury box where Jonathan Dowdall was seated. But interestingly, as far as I could see, Jonathan Dowdall didn't look over to the dock once. He fixed his gaze on the barrister. He fixed his gaze on the judges. He picked up a glass of water. I think it's fair to say it was a shaky hand that brought that glass of water to his mouth as he took sips throughout the evidence. Just before lunchtime then, he did request a break. So the court did break up a little bit earlier uh, than usual. But aside from that, Jerry Hutch is hard of hearing so he has been given some headphones and a listening device so that he can, I suppose, follow proceedings a little bit closer. I noticed he put those headphones on just before Jonathan Dowdall came in. There were some remarkable scenes um, in the criminal courts of justice yesterday. Security measures have already been increased over the past few months, but they went up a notch again yesterday. You had more armed guards outside the building, scattered across the building. The trial was moved to another courtroom um, to facilitate, again, the secure entry and exit of Jonathan Dowdall to give his evidence. There was a queue, and I suspect it'd be the same today. There was a queue of people who had come from all over the country to try and get one of the limited seats in the public gallery. Um, Such was the interest in attending the court yesterday. An overflow courtroom had to be set up uh, as well. Um, As I say, lots of media interest and also an awful lot of plainclothes guardies scattered around the courtroom in the public gallery with earpieces. I don't know what rank or what unit these Gardaí were there, but they were clearly there to make sure that everything passed off peacefully yesterday, and it did. All right. Frank, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, lads. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.